Now, we have done all we could do. If we've been successful, well and good, there are no problems. But if, on the other hand, this final treatment has not achieved the desired result, that you can still live a long and fruitful life among people of your own kind. No change. No change at all. Welcome to Top 5 with Joey Casada. Starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Paul? Co-starring Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Top 5. I'm your host, Joey Casada, And I am Rod Sterling. <laughs> yeah, you could be Rod Sterling. I could see that. Wait, Sterling or Sterling? What's his name? I always thought it was Sterling. I think you probably are right, but I think I used to always call him Rod Sterling. You might Sterling. be right. Well, work maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, maybe that gives away today's topic. This is a fun one. We're both really big fans of this show. I know a lot of people out there are big fans, but if you're not, you should become a fan because we're doing the top five episodes of the original Twilight Zone. Um, so I was expecting a lot of Ernie rules this week. I know Ernie texts me back always, you know, we can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. Um, I don't, that's how I read your text, by the way. Just, you know, I always read it in your voice. Uh, but I didn't get any, so nothing is off the table, right? It just has to be Twilight Zone. <laughs> Good. Obviously, you know, there are, there are a lot of really, really, really popular ones, but I, I almost feel like there's a whole generation maybe that doesn't know the Twilight Zones, right? I think also with some of uh, these picks, they're, they're so well-known that they think it's not worth watching. They think they know it so well. Agreed. You're right. And, and I, that's why, again, I say it every week. That's why I love doing this show. It brings me back and reminds me of things that I miss so much, like the Twilight Zones. You know, you could stream them probably wherever you want, but I really only watched them once a year during the marathon. New Year's, right? That's right. That's why we stopped going out on New Year's. <laughs> it's true. But why don't, I mean, they're totally available for streaming. Why don't we just stream it when we want it? Because we're stupid. Yeah, you're right. And I, I go as far as to, I record, I DVR the whole marathon every time, every, every year. And then, I, you know, I'll, I'll skim through. Oh, I, I saw this episode. I'll, I'll skip another one, skip another one. And every year, I'll find four or five that I've never seen. There's so many. Five seasons. They're, is there only five seasons? How many? But how many episodes per season? I think like, 
I'm going to approximate maybe 25. Right. So like, these are real seasons. These are not like Netflix, you know, H eight episodes and Disney plus eight episode seasons. We're talking, you know, five seasons. We call those mini series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we had a little technical difficulties last week. Unfortunately, we couldn't put a show out while Ernie and I were recording. My computer completely fried. It just died. The whole motherboard, hard drive, everything completely fried on me. I had to start all over, rebuild my computer. Everything had to be, you know, redone from, from, the, from the ground up. All my graphics, everything for these, this beautiful top five show that we deliver every week. So, we're, but we're back. We're back, baby. I didn't like the choice you made, and my psychic powers got a little out of control. I apologize. <laughs> It really was like you zapped my computer. It just went like this. It was awful. What happened to me last week, I hope never happens to anyone. Except Ernie, if he takes my number one pick. All right. Here we go. Let's start, Ernie. What do you got? Number five. Number five. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Would you wake up, please, honey? I'm trying to do a William Shatner thing. I don't know if that did really. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, you can't go wrong with that one. That's a great one. It's a perfect example of why people don't watch it because they think they know the story so through and through. I watched it again recently. I had forgotten that he just got out of the mental institution. So, of course, nobody's going to believe him with what he's saying. And he starts not believing what, what he's saying. I forgot that, too. So, wait, do they, how do they touch on that in the episode? I don't remember. That's how it begins. He's, he's actually leaving the mental institution to get on a plane to go home. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. Yeah, that, that really does make a big difference because as a viewer, you're, maybe you're thinking that he's really seeing things, too. Nothing else makes sense. What else could it, uh, the reality is like, impossible to fathom? What's otherwise? You know, I was thinking, uh, William Shatner shooting at a monster on a plane. Um, maybe Gene Roddenberry was uh, paying attention. Yeah, something tells me this might be the origin of Star Trek. It makes it important, <laughs> really important. Bones, there's something, there's something. On the wing. <laughs> yeah. We I'm, a do I'm a doctor, Jim, not a not a uh, an air air force pilot. Oh, we had a big joke on the block growing up where uh the the, the um Dr. McCoy's um thing that he uses to check people actually kills them because every time he uses it, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> he's dead, Jim. Jim, he's he no, he's dead. <laughs> like, keep that thing away from me. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Get McCoy away from me and with that device, whatever it is, it's killing everybody. <laughs> Great start. Again, I even like that, you know, I know that they remade this in the Twilight Zone movie with John Lithgow. I'm not a big fan of remakes usually. This is one of the remakes that I actually am a fan of. You, you know the Twilight Zone movie? Oh, sure. I think I saw it in the movies. What do you think of this part of that movie? You like this part? With yeah. I, I, I like Lithgow. 
I really do, by the way. Yeah, Lithgow is incredible in that he's, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's you know, it's makeup and stuff, but he's got the sweat pouring off him. He's really panicking, but I don't think in the movie they talk about anything with a mental institution, do they? I don't remember. I don't remember either, but that really, that little twist makes all the difference. Good start, good start. Thank you. All right, I'm going to, I mean, most of these are classics, and and if you haven't seen any of these, we're going to, you know, put some clips in. Please go watch these episodes. They are absolutely timeless, timeless. I'm going to start with a great one. This one's called The Midnight Sun. One month ago, the Earth suddenly changed its elliptical orbit, and in doing so, began to follow a path which gradually, moment by moment, day by day, took it closer to the sun. The time is five minutes to 12, midnight. There is no more darkness. The place is New York City, and this is the eve of the end. Because even at midnight, it's high noon, the hottest day in history, and you're about to spend it in the twilight zone. It's it's about this woman, it's the world gets knocked, the earth gets knocked out of its orbit, and it's moving closer to the sun. And the whole episode, it's getting hotter and hotter. And what, every time I watch this episode, much like when I watch Do the Right Thing, I can feel the heat. I'm sweating as I watch this episode. It's, you can feel the actor's emotions with the heat. And, you know, you even see like paintings melting in the heat. So the, the earth is, you know, is, is doomed. It's moving closer to the sun. And then it turns out at the end, the woman wakes up from a nightmare. She has a high, high fever. It, the, the earth wasn't moving towards the sun. She was so relieved until she finds out that it's the opposite. The earth got knocked out of its orbit and it's moving away from the sun. So she had a high fever because it's getting so cold that she was getting sick. You know this one? Oh, absolutely. A dynamite choice. Great one. Yeah, I mean, again, the twist, obviously, it's the Twilight Zone. So always the little twists at the end are... are absolutely incredible they, the, the episodes are great but and very minimal special effects nothing's going on i mean even with the uh with the airplane one it's very you know the costumes are cheap it's very very little special effects it's all just imagery and using your own imagination to to really get and the actors of course always a great twist at the end the original m night shalama bam yeah way better than that he's so confusing sometimes he, the plot is so convoluted. By the time you get to the end, you're like, I don't even care anymore. Yep. All right. What do you got, Aaron? Number four. Now, this was uh, something recent to me. Uh, number 12 looks just like you. And she seemed in such a state the last time. Well, it's as I told you. Occasionally, a young person has difficulty adjusting to the idea. But we've uh, improved methods since the old days. And now it always turns out well in the end. Never fails. It's complete. I don't remember this one from a kid, but as, as a child when I was younger, but it's got something that most of the other ones don't have. It, it, it's fall down comedy in it. 
the conversation between the doctor and the main character is insane. It, hysterical. I barely remember this one. Tell me the plot. Um, in the future, you have uh, every uh, girl, once she re reaches a certain age, ha chooses three out of three possible perfect uh, plastic surgeries. So all the grown-up women are looking like three people, basically. Um, and you have to choose one of these three. And she doesn't want to choose. She wants to be an individual. That's amazing. All right, Aaron, if you had to choose right now, give the, the three women you, cho you choose to make all the women look like. <laughs> no, I'm not going to put you on your spot. I'm going to see a frying pan come, out, come yeah. from the other side of the room. <laughs> My I wife, don't. My wife would know which ones I would choose. <laughs> I have a funny feeling. I know. I know at least two. I'm not sure. The third maybe is your wife. So we'll we'll, we'll make we'll make it a little PC here. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember this episode that much. You gotta watch it. At the end, correct me if I'm wrong. She finally succumbs and she becomes one of them. Right. She's forced. Right. Nice. All right. Good one. They're, I mean, they're all good. We can't go. I, this is the one episode we might not argue at all, unfortunately. All right, I got a good one. So this one, another good thing about the Twilight Zone, you see some big, big actors, maybe before they were big actors. We got Shatner already. This one stars Robert Redford. And it's about this old woman. It's called uh, Nothing in the Dark. I always forget the titles. I have to write them down. And didn't see you. No. Look in the mirror, Wanda. let you inside, you could have taken me any time. But you were nice. You made me trust you. But I had to make you understand. Am I really so bad? It's, it's about an old woman who is just afraid of dying. She's afraid of everything, really. She's afraid of getting sick. She's afraid of going outside. She's afraid of catching a cold. Everything really in, in relation to dying because she's, she's getting older. So she, she basically, you know, bar, boards up her door, doesn't let anyone in, doesn't let anyone out. She orders her groceries. They leave, her at the, leave them at the front door. She, she kind of opens the door and makes, makes sure nobody's there, grabs her groceries, shuts the door. Turns out the building is getting condemned. They have to get her out. She will not leave. She's so afraid of dying and what's outside the door. She just will not leave. Finally, Robert Redford comes knocking on the door. He's, I think he's, I forget if he's either injured or sick or something. He needs assistance. He's begging her to let him in. She finally lets him in. He's a sweetheart to her, kind, very caring. She, you know, she gets a real liking to him. And it turns out that Robert Redford is really death. 
and she let him in. And he tells her, there's nothing to be afraid of. Come with me. You're already gone. As soon as I walked in, she was gone, basically. And he makes her come with her. And she's so scared, but she realizes there's nothing to be afraid of. That's an incredible one. Um, he was shot, by the way, if you're wondering. Is that what it was? He was shot. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I knew he was sick or something. He needed assistance. I don't remember what it was. Yep. Again, just any, all the ones with either death or the devil or aliens, I'm on board, which is really almost all of them. <laughs> all right, Aaron, what do you got? Number three. Okay, my number three. Will the real Martian please stand up? Or uh, that telephone ringing. That's an illusion, just a parlor trick. What are you, some kind of magician? <laughs> Who, me? Oh, hardly. Now, uh, before you uh, faint dead away, I ought to explain that the name isn't really Ross. And uh, I wasn't really going to Boston. Oh, I was sent as a kind of advance scout. You know these uh, cigarettes, do you call them? They taste wonderful. We haven't got a thing like this on Mars. That's incidentally where I come from. We're beginning to colonize. My friends will be arriving very shortly. I think they're going to like it here. It's a lovely area. So, so remote, so pleasant. So off the beaten track, just the perfect spot for a colony, don't you think, Mr. Haley? While we're uh, waiting, how about a little what you call music? I don't mind. I have to do a little waiting myself. You see, Mr. Ross, my name isn't Haley. And I do agree with you, this is an extraordinary place to colonize. We folks on Venus had the same idea. We got it several years ago. And I think I really ought to tell you now that your friends are not coming. They've been intercepted. Oh, a colony is coming. But it's from Venus. And if you're still alive, I think you'll see how we differ. From season two. Uh, I never know what seasons they are, but yes, please go. I was going to say, a large amount of the Twilight Zones is about a monster that can take the shape of a human. And when you think about it, that is genius when you think of production financial costs, because it costs nothing to <laughs> nothing, do. right? <laughs> they cast the Martian that you're imagining what he looks like. He looks like every everyone else. It's so funny. Smart. Uh, and this one's got a double surprise ending. There's a surprise ending, and then there's a second thing at the end of, of, uh, which really catches you off guard. I mean, you this could. This Give it away. It's okay. I mean, I'm going to show clips. Everyone, I'm not, we're not, this is no spoilers. These are, these are 60 or 70 years old, some of these. We're not spoiling anything. Well, one of them is an alien. And at the end, um, one of the, um, they can't figure out who the aliens. So the bus is fixed. They're getting back and leave. And then suddenly one of them comes back and says that there was a terrible crash and nobody survived. And then you notice that he caused the crash, that he is the alien. So it was him all along. And he's saying that they're, the rest of his friends are coming down and we're going to take over. And then suddenly the, the guy working at the diner goes, 
you are right. There are aliens coming, but it's not yours. Because <laughs> we intercepted that craft. And it's the two aliens from that are enemies. Yeah, and right, the bartender, whoever it was, was an alien too, right? Oh, that was great. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Again, the twist at the end. It's so, the episodes are so good, but then the twist makes them <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, this could be the grandfather of the thing. And maybe, maybe even among us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> the kids only knew where it started, right? Yep. Great choice. Again, I, unfortunately, I'd love to argue with the picks, but I can't. All right. My number three, which I'm going to go along the same route. This is also about aliens. This one is called Invaders. So this, it, it, it's, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the whole entire episode is silent. There's no talking in the episode. I think there's, there's, there's audio, you know, but there's, there's no, there's no speaking. There's no lines. There's a lot and, of grunting, grunting and- A lot of and grunting and, oh, yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. It's about this old woman that lives in this cabin and she's getting tormented by this, these noises and she just, she doesn't know what it is. And she finally sees this, ship and it's this little 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 tiny spacecraft that's i believe on her roof or something i forget where it is and she's terrified of them they're torturing her she thinks they, that they're going to kill her and she's i think she's hitting it with their broom or something <laughs> at her broom because she's really big and it's a really tiny spacecraft again special effects unbelievable because they, they probably used a toy to do it oh I, uh, tommy uh, the doctor had that toy <laughs> Really? Is it a real toy? Yeah. So it turns out, again, the spacecraft, you're thinking these, these, these aliens are invading this woman's home and she's you know terrified of them and they're, they're creepy. Turns out the aliens are us from Earth and she, they visited a planet of giants. And what happens at the end? They do something. Don't they call back home? Don't come. Don't, you know. Yeah, because um, she is outside with an axe. Um, an axe, yes. The ship. Yes. I mean, you have no ch no chance of getting away. Right. So it's again so good. You think the whole episode that, you know, these creepy little aliens are going to come out and scare everyone, and they're tormenting her. Meanwhile, they're just humans. They're us. She's the alien. It's great. Surprisingly, I'm the creepy little guy. <laughs> you definitely. I think I've heard people call you creepy little guy. I know I've heard someone called you the tiny sugar man. Oh boy. And and what's funny is that this is forty years before uh. Before Buffy, with no dialogue. Hush, right? That episode? Yep. Oh, we will we will continue that discussion on a future episode of one of our favorite shows and now our daughter's favorite shows, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great. We're, we're not done yet, so I know. I know. Oh, you finished Angel. You told me, right? Yeah, we're we're ready for you. Yeah, we're we're trying. She has a lot of other stuff on a plate. We're we're currently on Daredevil right now, so we got to go back to Buffy. I'm not allowed to. The reason why is I'm not allowed to watch Buffy episodes with Angelina without Madeline too. So we we, we have to wait for the whole family to watch them. And by the time that happens, it's, it takes forever. So we're on Daredevil now, too. Five years for that episode. <laughs> uh, all right. So what do we got? Number two, Aaron, for you. It's from season one. The monsters are due on Maple Street. Nothing of the sort. I didn't know the lights on. I swear I did. Somebody's pulling a gag or something. A gag. A gag. Johnny, there's a man lying dead in the street, and you killed him. Does that look like a gag to you? Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. Classic. It was actually my favorite um, growing up. But as I got older, I now have appreciation for a different one. But anyway, this is my number two now. Um, it shows how quickly human society can break down and we all become monsters. And according to this, to this episode, it takes about four hours. That's <laughs> true. So wait, what? Ha what's this? What's the plot line again? Is there a nuclear weapon bomb or something coming? What is it again? Uh, they see uh, what looks like a spaceship landing. Uh, well, I should say across the sky and landing somewhere far away, and then suddenly all their electrics is gone, all their car engines, nothing's working, and then every now and then one person will have something work on its own. So they start accusing each other of being the, the, the aliens to come back. Right, right. And it just show, and it, it turns out nothing was happening, right? Um, well, it is, a, it is an alien causing it to happen. But like an experiment, for a social, social uh, experiment, right? Well, it's how they're, t they're taking over the world. The alien has a great quote at the end. Um, they eventually look for the most dangerous monster they could find, and it's themselves. Great. But and again, it's, really, you know, it's really about racism. Did Rod Serling write all these episodes? Too? I know a lot of these might have been uh, short stories at one time. Because they're, they're absolutely genius. Some of the stuff, you know, you're watching these episodes, but there's so much meaning behind all this stuff, too. It's so, it's it's amazing. It really is amazing. It Not a lot of shows stand the test of time. Twilight Zone absolutely stands the test of time. If, if people out there watching this have never seen the Twilight Zone or have only seen some of the episodes, make it a point to go watch some of these episodes that we're talking about. Please, it's start with these 10 that you, Ernie and I are picking and then go from there. Do it. All right, my number two. While we're on Aliens, let's stay there. This one is called To Serve Man. This is flight number 914 from Earth to our planet. We will be taking off in three minutes. Mr. Chambers. 
Mr. Chambers, don't get on that ship. The rest of the book, to serve men, it's, it's a cookbook. No, 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 no. Please, Mr. Chambers, eat. We wouldn't want you to lose weight. It's not what you think. So again, same thing. These aliens come down. I think they're called the, the I think this one of the episodes that where they actually name the answer, the canamites or canamites. I forget what they're called. I think and they're, I think they're called big heads. <laughs> well, they do have big heads. They almost look like the aliens from the first episode of Star Trek. I don't know if, if I'm a big Star Trek nerd. Um, I think that the, the Thelosians, and they had this big, big head. It almost looks like them, but I think the alien is played by Lurch from the Adams family. He's like nine foot tall, the alien. And, you know, he really, it's one of the episodes where you actually see the alien and they use some makeup and special effects. It looks really good. And, these aliens come and, you know, every other episode we talk about, it's always about aliens taking over. This episode, the alien is there to help us. And he tells them and he tells all the people of Earth, we're here to help you. We're going to cure disease. We're going to give you unlimited electricity, so on and so forth. All these great things that they promise to serve man. We're here to serve you. And, you know, they take off and they leave one of their books behind to serve man with all the, you know, what we think is all the things to help mankind. And I, I forget what happens exactly, but one of the people decipher the book and it turns out to serve man really means it's a cookbook. It's a recipe book to serve man and they figure it out. And of course it's too late. They're fattening us up. That's why they're taking care of us. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Uh, again, just a great episode. It actually is one of the episodes where they actually have some special effects with the makeup and stuff. It's great. A little bit. All right, Aaron, we are flying. Let me recap your top four so far. We got number five, Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Yeah, you do it better than me. I didn't do that good. That's not that good either. <laughs> He's dead, Jim. That's much easier. Uh, number four, number 12 looks just like you. Number three, will the real Martians stand up? Number two, monsters are due on Maple Street. What do you got, Ern? Your number one top favorite Twilight Zone episode. I wish it wasn't because you stole it. Um, nothing in the Dark. Ooh, is the, really? Is the greatest ep of all Twilight Zone episodes for me. Tell it me why. Be it should be required viewing for everyone. I mean, they got they should teach us teach this in school. It's uh, it says so much about the one thing that we are all ultimately scared of. Uh, it's it's great. Um, I've seen it a dozen times, and I still can't get through it without crying. You're so right. It it's the one thing nobody has the answer for. Every one of us is afraid of ultimately, and. It's, it's, you know, most of these Twilight Zones leave you creeped out and creepy. And this one weirdly makes you feel good at the end. I watched it recently with my children and I'm, it was almost like 
what people make fun of in after school specials where like afterwards we're sitting there having a conversation about it. Right. It's something that never happens in real life, but people <laughs> always talk about it. Right. It, it really happened. It, it affected us all in that way. It's just incredible stuff. Yeah. Again, the Twilight Zones, a lot of people think that it's just this goofy sci-fi show. There's a lot of hidden meanings in all this stuff. Like you said, the social experiment with Monsters on Maple Street. There's, there's a lot of that type of stuff. My, my number one, not so much, but there is an underlining meaning to mine too. So let me give you, let me give you a little recap of mine. Number five, The Midnight Sun. Number four, Nothing in the Dark. Number three, The Invaders. Number two, To Serve Man. My number one, this has always been my number one. And again, stuff with the devil and religious stuff is always, exactly right, is always really, really my favorite stuff. And this one is called The Howling Man. Help me. Now, please, in the name of mercy, help me. What you saw is not a man. It is the devil himself. Otherwise known as the dark angel, Ariman, Asmodeus, Belial, Diabolus. The devil. I had him in a cell before he knew what happened. But if he's the devil, how do you keep him locked up? With the staff for truth. One barrier he cannot pass. Isn't it possible you might have made a mistake? No. I believe you. To keep your secret. He said you were the devil. You don't believe him, do you? No, of course not. Lift off the wooden bolt. Is this all that holds you in? Yes, lift it off. Well, why haven't you done it yourself? Please, there's no time for talk. Hurry! Stop! 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 It's exactly what, you know what the title is. It's this man that comes to this old monastery. He's his car broke down. It's pouring outside. He needs help. It's the only building around. He comes to this monastery where these monks are, and he asks for help. And the monks stay, you know, stay overnight. We'll help you in the morning, so on and so forth. When the storm passes, and he's constantly hearing this howling. Oh, he hears this howling, and he's getting tortured, tormented by it. What is this howling? What's going on? He finally gets up in the middle of the night and finds a jail cell with this man in the jail cell who is kind of crying out all night long, almost a howl he hears. And the man is, is begging the drifter, please help me. They have me, you know, they have me captive. I don't know what they're doing to me. They're torturing me. And the man, you know, the man sees that there's no lock on the door there's only a little staff like a wooden staff he's like you could reach down and just through the bars and just lift the staff why don't you just lift the staff he's like no please help he's begging him so the monks find him won't let him uh, of course you know they tell them please don't go near the store again he's very dangerous very dangerous goes to bed later that night he comes back out again L the man is begging him please let me free the drifter lifts the staff and the man walks out of the cell with a big smirk on his face. 
just goes to touch the drifter. He collapses. It turns out the man was the devil. And this staff, I know the staff of Moses or whatever it was, the staff of one of the monks was the only thing holding him in. And the monks, you know, see what he did. And they tell the man, listen, you have to live with this now that you set the devil loose on the world. And it turned out, you know, this was before World War II, before all this stuff. And because he left the devil out, all the bad things in the world started happening. World wars, famine, all this stuff. Later on, he tracks down the devil, his whole life's work. He's tracking down this devil and he finally captures him and he has him captured in his apartment, I think in New York City. And he goes out and, and the maid, same thing, hears this howling and unfortunately does the same thing, lets the devil out. So, you know, the moral of the story is that, you know, the biggest trick the devil ever played on us was convincing us that he didn't exist. And that's kind of the moral of this story. Exactly right. You used to convince us that you were a a, a, gen- a musical genius, but we know we know different now. True. <laughs> you know that episode, right? Oh no, it's a it's a great one. Oh yeah, of course. I and I and I knew it was your number one. Yeah, I always talk about this one. It's yeah. always my favorite. And I always, every time the marathon records, I always have to watch it again. Just a, just a phenomenal episode. All right, so. Give me one or two. You know, we have to go into crazy detail. Give me one or two honorable mentions. What do you got, Aaron? Uh, you're familiar with It's a Good Life from season three? Give me a little recap. Um, the kid has godlike powers and he's a monster. Oh, my God, of course. And, and uh, you can't even think bad thoughts. You have to think happy thoughts. Or he sends you to another, sends you away to the cornfield is what they call it. But it's obviously some evil dimension. So people are disappearing. He just sends you away. It's a terrible, it's, it's real dread. That's yeah. another one they remade, right? Yeah, that was in the movie. Yep. Great, great episode. What else? Give me one more. Uh, do you remember The Living Doll? The um, Living Doll? Yeah. Yes. With Kojak? Oh, Kojak. That's right. I forgot. Yes. If, if you watch that one again which you, you think don't watch it because you're so familiar with the story, but you forget he is a abuser, the parent. He's abusive to the wife and the child. Right. So she, this doll really is a protector. Protector, right. Yeah, good one. They're all great. Love the underlying meaning in all of them. I got a couple. So, remember, you know, Shadow Play? Again, I never know. I don't know the titles, but it's this man is convicted of murder, death sentence, and he keeps having this nightmare and it keeps reoccurring. His death keeps reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. Oh, sure. And and he keeps telling, he finally starts telling the police and, and the lawyers, don't kill me. If you kill me, this is all going to cease to exist. You're all just in my dream. You're all part of my, my reality. And, you know, they think he's crazy. So sure enough, at the end, they, they give him the, the electric chair and he was right. Every, everything in the world was just part of his imagination. And once he ceased to exist, everyone ceased to exist. They tried to stop it. This, I think his lawyer or, or someone believed him at the last minute and they tried to stop it and it was too late. And then all the same people are playing on um, different roles. It all starts over again. All over again, right. That's a great one. Uh, another good one of mine, uh, back to aliens, little, the little people. 
these two two astronauts land on this planet and they find a civilization of microscopic people, almost like ant-sized people. And the ants start worshiping worshiping these two giant earthmen like they're gods. And the one earthman gets so hungry with the power that that they're giving him, he decides not to leave the planet. He's going to stay there and become these little microscopic people's god. They build a statue for him. They worship everything he does. And he can literally step on the whole civilization with his foot. That's how small they are. So, you know, his, his partner says, are you sure you're going to stay? We're leaving. We're leaving. He decides to stay. The astronauts take off. He's stranded there with these microscopic people. Two minutes later, another ship lands with bigger giants where he's the, <laughs> he's the small one. And they pick him up like he's a little toy, like, oh, what is this? And they like drop him and accidentally crush him or something. It's, it, it just shows you like the hierarchy of things. It's like a Candace and um, Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great episode. Uh, love the Twilight Zones. I, 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 you know what? Something I've never really gotten that into, which I always hear great things about. And my brother is actually a bigger fan of this, The Outer Limits. You know The Outer Limits? Yeah, that's good stuff too. But do you know the episodes like you know the Twilight Zone episodes? No. Me either. Because they don't show it that often. But why don't they? Twilight Zone, uh, I don't know. Twilight <laughs> Zone is like... In retrospect, I guess. They're like the mafia. They probably, you know, made them an offer. They couldn't refuse all these networks. They don't play The Outer Limits. The only Outer Limits episode I remember is something to do with a, a, a hand that he has no control over. Or something. I remember that one. That's about it. Were the Outer Limits our episodes too? I don't remember. Way too long ago. Yeah. That's yeah, something I'm going to start. I got to look for somewhere on, on, on the streaming service. Anyway, send your emails to top five with Joey Casada at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Let us know what you think of our picks. Even more so if you don't know the Twilight Zones and you watch this episode, let us know what you think of some of these episodes. I'm, I'm curious to hear. I would love to be a new fan getting into the Twilight Zone. It would really be fascinating to me. What do you got, Earn? Last words. Uh, if you want to see more of me, um, subscribe to my OnlyFans account. How do they subscribe to that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Oh, boy. If, uh, if you are going to start watching Twilight Zones, I would start with my choices before Joey's actually... What? You know what? That's a good question. Why don't we put up a poll? We'll put up a poll on Twitter this week. Whose choices are better? Mine or Ernda Burns? That would be interesting. Yep. Well, anyway, send your emails. Top five with Joey Casada, gmail.com. Get a top five shirt on amazon.com. Now you can just type in Joey Casada. You'll see the top five shirts come right up. I actually tried to get Ernie Palooza on the shirts. I swear to you, I really did. And they actually... I guess the word Palooza was copywritten. They wouldn't let me print it. Lollapalooza? Um, try, I really did. I'm not kidding. <laughs> anyway, great episode, Earn. New computer. Hopefully this saves and it, it works and we can air an episode next week. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everybody. Later.